0: recommendation press him recommendation press recommendation recommendation press recommendation recommendation Welcome back, guys, to Wrestling Recommendations. I am your host Eddie Shepard, along with the back from vacation, Travis Lassiter. Yeah, yeah you had some fun uh, with flights being canceled and delayed, huh? Oh
1: fuck that, man! Fuck American Airlines. Feel like a feel like a wrestler talking about my fucked up flight, but it really is what happened. Like we literally got to the airport, got delayed from uh key west to miami got to miami right as our plane was closing the door and they're like literally we said we're here for knoxville to fly to knoxville and they're like and they're like are we okay to close knoxville and they closed the fucking door on us even though we were already there and told them that was the flight we need to get on even better my luggage made the flight to knoxville but i didn't make the flight to knoxville and they put my luggage on the plane five minutes after they told me they couldn't let me on the plane because i tracked my luggage so i flew into charlotte and then i got a fucking rental car which was supposed to be a volkswagen jetta when i got there they told me they had overbooked so i had to get an electric car that was supposed to be fully charged and for me to drive from charlotte to Severeville. well got down the road about five or six miles because i didn't know how to check the damn charge on electric car never driven one Got there, and it said 55 miles to empty on the charge. And I was like, uh, no. So we looked for a charging station, which was out in the middle of fucking ghetto-ass Charlotte. Like, no no, nightlight, no nothing. You just pull up in a field pretty much. And here you go, plug your car in. I was like, absolutely not. And we drove the, drove the damn uh, little Kia, whatever it was, Kia Kona, back to the damn airport. They gave me a minivan, and then I drove from Charlotte to Sevierville. But I got almost home, and they cut the road down to one lane through the gorge there right outside of Asheville. And the 18-wheeler had flipped over in the one lane that was functioning. So I fell asleep in traffic for an hour while they turned the 18-wheeler over and got it out of traffic. So I didn't get home until about 6 a.m. Supposed to be home at 11 a.m. or 11 p.m. I still beat my flight that I was supposed to be on to Knoxville, though, because it wasn't until the next morning. I was like, I'm not sleeping in the Charlotte airport, if I could drive three hours to get home and that three hours turned into more than I thought it was going to be, but I made it. I'm home. Fuck American airlines. Uh, went and got my bag, dropped the rental car off. And
0: here I am. That sounds terrible, buddy.
1: <laughs> yeah, it was not, not great. Um, and the, the, attendants attendance at, um, the key West, <laughs> the key West, like, uh, where you go onto the plane, like the little, whatever, customer service people uh, one of the guys was a surgeon and he told him he's like i have to perform surgery tomorrow like i, I need to be on this plane and he was like show like he was using his hands like said, i have to do surgery tomorrow and she put her hands up like a plane she's like well there's no plane here for you to get on so she he's like so i don't care if you have to do surgery or not there's no plane for you to get on she put her arms up like a fucking airplane and i was like uh this guy's about to slap this lady right in the face and I don't think anybody in the airport would have faulted him for doing that because she was a
0: Kamehameha biatch at that point. (laughs) Oh, man, that sounds awful. I'm glad my weekend wasn't so crazy. It was tax-free weekend. It was my birthday. Uh, We had fun. Uh, It was super, super, super hot. Um, Got some school shopping done for the kids. Um, And on top of that, we were – what's that? Here's a
1: Here's a birthday. Oh, that you can't see until this weekend. There's actually two here, but I uh, can't see the bad one or the good one until this weekend.
0: Oh shit! Well, they'll probably see it in the background of uh, this podcast yeah. when it actually does. Uh, I will say it's pretty cool. I noticed uh, our good buddy Brandon and his Canadian brethren had us uh, what we were ranked in the top like 175 of the Canadian podcast uh, for wrestling. Podcast, so that's pretty cool. So all of our Canadian brothers, thank you.
1: Yeah, um, hopefully they didn't hate our uh, jokes about the Hart family too much. Um, I did listen to our podcast while I was in Key West, and I was like, yeah, we kind of we kind of made fun of Helen and her uh, huge flapper there for a little bit, and her all of her kids. But you know, yeah. you had twelve <laughs>
0: fucking kids, lady. Come on, went in, went
1: in Rome, went in Rome,
0: went in Rome, <laughs> went in, do as the Romans do. Uh, but this week, guys. This is our newest match. This match is only a couple of months old. Uh, this match took place in May of 2023 as Seth Rollins and AJ Styles battle it out to become the new World Heavyweight Champion at 2023's Night of Champions. It's wild that we yep. got a match this new.
1: I was I would I would have never guessed with everything we have on our list that we would have already got a 2023 match, and I mean, it's cool, but it was just like, really, like everything, and that match we haven't even added that long ago, maybe what, a month or two ago, and here we are already covering it, so, Um,
0: but still super excited to cover it, because it's still good. Yeah, it's about two months ago that we added it, Uh, so it's pretty crazy, Um, really quick too, we did add a new match this weekend, Uh, Ila Dragunov versus Carmelo Hayes, that match Eli Dragunov is becoming probably one of my favorite wrestlers right now. He is fantastic. He is tremendous, and he,
1: he can make his style work with anyone from uh, Walter slash Gun- Gunther, Carmelo Hayes, Dijak. We The match he has with DiJack we put on our list, too. Uh, it's tremendous. Um, and, and, like, he can work with Tyler Bate. I mean, we saw that in NXT UK, so... Um, he can just work with pretty much anyone, and he hurls his body around like he's 400 pounds on people, and he's probably like what 180, 185, but he he throws himself like a damn super heavyweight. That forearm he does onto people that are on the ground just looks so damn vicious all the time.
0: Yeah, that's I thought it was over. I thought he legit knocked Carmelo Hayes out with that power bomb. And then uh, he hit him with that forearm. I thought he was done. I was like, man, they're, they're sucking me in. It was pretty good. Pretty good overall card Not, uh, from what I watched. Everything was pretty good. Yeah, NXT is starting to...
1: I mean, they're never going to be... I don't think they'll ever be the level that were like 17, 18, 19. But they're heads and shoulders above 2.0. So yeah. I
0: give Shawn Michaels credit on that. Like, he's doing some good work down there with what he has. Yeah. Yeah, I, I agree. I, I liked... Uh, pretty much everything I saw, but going back to our this episode now, Seth Rollins and AJ Styles. We're doing this episode a little differently because we've covered AJ Styles pretty much all the way up till his WWE debut. We talked about him in New Japan, and this is Seth Rollins' first match on the podcast. But we have so many matches with Seth Rollins that include, you know, matches of him with the Shield, matches of him, you know, as his heel character. Uh, matches of him being the the Kingslayer. So there's a lot to talk about. So I want to say that, but I really want to focus on the thing this match is about, and that's the World Heavyweight Championship. So let's talk about it. On the April 24th, 2023 Raw, Triple H announced the 2023 WWE Draft. He would address Roman Reigns and the undisputed WWE Universal Championship. Since WrestleMania 38, Roman Reigns had held both the WWE Championship and the WWE Universal Championship as the undisputed WWE Universal Championship. I hate the way that they put that together. It's too much. (laughs) However, due to the terms of Roman Reigns' contract, he would rarely defend the title. Shortly after, Triple H would unveil a new World Heavyweight Championship. I actually have the full clip of him announcing this right here.
2: As a WWE superstar, I had the incredible privilege of competing at the highest level for all of you. I had the incredible privilege of standing in this ring, in this very arena at Wrestlemania 22 defending the wwe championship against one of the greatest of all time john cena and now i have the incredible privilege of ensuring that wwe is all that it can be for generations going forward And that is why I'm out here tonight to talk about Roman Reigns, the undisputed WWE Universal Champion, who is coming up on 1,000 days as champion, 1,000 days as champion, it is incredible. It is unheard of in the modern era. He has defended that championship against everybody, a who's who of superstars. And I can say that after seeing them all for 30 years, I can't name too many that would be able to hang in this ring with Roman Reigns. He is that damn good. And along the way, in that thousand days, Roman Reigns did something very smart. Something I would have done, something any intelligent superstar would have done. He negotiated himself into a position where he didn't have to defend that championship as frequently. Well, I don't blame Roman for that. And while that is great for Roman Reigns... It is not great for WWE WWE deserves more you deserve more you need more than that and that is why a few weeks ago when I talked about the WWE draft I said that the draft would change WWE at its very core because when Roman Reigns gets drafted to whatever brand he gets drafted to, he will take the WWE Undisputed Universal Championship with him and he will stay there. The other brand will determine a new champion. On Saturday, May 27th at Night of Champions we will crown a new World Heavyweight Champion. This will be a champion that will defend this championship anywhere, any place, any time, all over the world. This champion will not have to demand your acknowledgement. This champion will earn your acknowledgement, and will earn the title of World Heavyweight Champion.
0: Thank you. Following this Raw, Roman Reigns would be selected by SmackDown, and the World Heavyweight Championship would be exclusive to Raw. It was also revealed that the first champion would be crowned at Night of Champions. Triple H announced that a tournament for the title would include wrestlers from both brands with a bracket for each brand. The first round and semifinals for each bracket were scheduled for the May 8th Raw and the May 12th episode of SmackDown. The first round matches for each episode consisted of two Triple Threat matches with the winners advancing to the semifinals and having a singles match later on that same night with those winners advancing to the championship match at Night of Champions. The participants, Cody Rhodes, Damian Priest, Finn Balor, Seth Frickin' Rollins, Shinsuke Nakamura, and The Miz. That's all from Raw. And then AJ Styles, Austin Theory, Bobby Lashley, Edge, Rey Mysterio, and Sheamus on SmackDown. On the May 8th episode of Raw, Seth Rollins would defeat Shinsuke Nakamura and Damian Priest in the first triple threat match. While Finn Balor defeated the Miz and Cody Rhodes in the second one, of course, after Brock Lesnar interfered and cost Cody the match, which is we we'll talk about it. We're all of this stuff's kind of coming to a close of what happened at this started at this you know time period um, this Sunday or Saturday. Sorry, at, at SummerSlam, uh, Rollins would later on to go on defeat Finn Balor in the sem- uh, in the semifinals to win Raw's bracket, so he gets the spot at Night of Champions. On the May 12th episode of SmackDown, AJ Styles defeated Edge and Rey Mysterio in the very first Triple Threat match, while Bobby Lashley defeated Sheamus and Austin Theory in the second Triple Threat match. Styles would go on to defeat Bobby Lashley in the semifinals to win the SmackDown bracket, setting up the tournament finals between Seth Rollins and AJ Styles. Travis. Yeah, the tournament was like a who's who of who was,
1: like, on top at the time. And AJ Styles was returning, so you were getting some of his first matches back. And you got a couple of pretty eh, – I don't, I don't know if they're dream matches or what you want to say, but, like, big-time matches for him, like him and Edge and people like that. Like, it was, it was a big deal for um, AJ to win his side of the bracket with all the talent he went through because a lot of people were picking Edge since he was – world heavyweight champion. He never lost that belt in 2011. And this was like going to be like his redemption story. And then they gave it to AJ. So it was, it was pretty cool little story. And then Seth and Finn are still
0: fighting over this belt right now. Yeah. And we'll talk about that when we get to, to the aftermath. Um, But before we really get rolling, like with talking about the show, what do you think of the idea of them having this world heavyweight championship? Uh, man,
1: it's kind of a mixed bag because it's like, okay, we're not going to take a belt off Roman. You know, now essentially we have, well, at the time, essentially we had three world titles because they still had Romans as one, you know, two belts. And now it's one, you know, unified title or whatever. Um, I like Raw and SmackDown having their own world titles. I, I love that in the Ruthless Aggression era because it gave the shows something to fight for. Um, and then at the time, though, when they first started it, you had one world title and the champion went back and forth. But like I can see it as a way of preserving a talent, you know, he's not having to travel as much to do as much stuff. So, I mean, I'm very much on board with each show having a world title, but I almost wish they could have somehow got one belt off of Roman and then him kept the belt that was like still going to give him a thousand days as champion. So, I mean, they could have done it either way, but. but uh, I know there was a lot of backlash when this belt came out, but I I've always thought the belt looked pretty cool. And then I know we will get into it later, but like what they all combined to make this belt special is kind of cool too. So um, I, I'm very much for each show having their own title, but I wish kind of they had done it a little differently. Maybe strip I, Roman of one belt and had a tournament for it, same way, but just get it, get one away from Roman.
0: I liked the idea that they originally had what they were doing with elevating your U.S. title or your intercontinental title to kind of mean more. And they've done a really good job of doing that and um, not so much with theory, but more so with the intercontinental title. Um, but there were, you know, when Seth Rollins was, you know, U.S. champion and he was going in there and having matches and then Ciampa had, you know, the Harley race uh, robe on. And they made and like with Lashley, they made it feel like a big deal. So I enjoyed that. Um, I really think they could have done an easy thing of having a triple threat match and somebody getting pinned. That's not Roman Reigns. He's been the Universal Champion all this time. Just have yeah. him get, get the get lose the WWE title. That way, he still has the one title belt and it's still one solid reign. He hasn't lost that, uh, but. To me, it's kind of goofy, too. He comes out with three title belts now, so he has those other two belts, and then he has the new title belt that has the gold background. And I'm i just not really – I just think it's kind of silly. And I, I feel like – go ahead. I, I kind of like it because
1: it's like a Hillish move to be like, I have all these belts, but really only one counts. It's kind of a yeah. Hill thing to be like, hey. It feels very Paul Heyman-esque, like, um, and it kind of—I know it's—it's it's kind of a reach. But remember when Ultimo Dragon came out with all those belts, yeah. and he only defended one, really, like on WCW. So um, I, I kind of like that aspect of it. It's just like, look at me—I have all these belts, but in reality, only one matters. So it's—it's—it's it's, it's a heel move, and I—I I feel that's got Paul Heyman's fingers on it a lot.
0: Well, I think people's biggest complaint with this title being introduced was the first of the fact that the tournament was taking place on Raw and SmackDown. We just had the draft. They already said this title belt is going to be exclusive to Raw, so why put SmackDown guys in it? I can understand that, but they want to add talent and make the title prestigious. I understand. Mm. Other people's complaints were this is a consolidation prize. You know, no one can beat Roman Reigns. He's the top dog, so here's the... This is the B Show World Title, just yep. like the World Heavyweight Title was towards the end of its you know life cycle. It was the B World Championship. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and I could see people's argument with that. I mean, it's kind of how
1: I felt in the beginning. Like they could have got worked away to get Roman a belt off of him, but it was a cool storyline for not a champions, and it, it gave a chance to introduce a new belt that I know a lot of people didn't like but I, I actually I actually like the belt and, and dig it. But I feel like it was a way also, like, okay, if a SmackDown guy wins this match, he's now a Raw talent too. Because so. it was like, whoever wins this belt has to go to Raw. Um, they even said that on commentary. So I don't know. I, I, I dig it. But it, 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 they could have done it at a different time than the draft. Because, like, okay, you just wasted a draft pick on this guy, and now he's going right back to Raw. So it's – convoluted a little bit at times when this when this whole thing was introduced.
0: Yeah. We'll talk about the belt once we kind of get into the match. We'll talk about our thoughts on the actual title belt. But let's talk about the show, Travis. Night of Champions took place May 27th, 2023 in Jeddah, Saudi Arabia in front of 13,000 fans. They said 13,000, it seemed like there was a lot more people than
1: 13,000. Yeah. I, I just I don't know if it's just the way it was shot or what, but that place looked like there was people on top of people on top of people. I mean, they did have that huge screen beside, behind us says "Not a Champions," but I agree with you. I felt like it could have easily been over thirteen thousand people there.
0: It makes me wonder if that's all they were all on TV side, which yeah. could be the case because I. Yeah, I mean, it could be. So, yeah, I, I felt like it was more, but that's what that's what it said. So. Originally, it was announced in March 2023 that the King of the Ring event would be revived and rebranded as King and Queen of the Ring to incorporate both the Men's King of the Ring Tournament and the Women's Queen's Crown Tournament. On April 13th, however, it was revealed that the WWE scrapped these plans and that this Saudi Arabian event would instead be Night of Champions. Kind of breaking down a little bit with the Saudi Arabia stuff, because we haven't really... Uh, Talked about. I don't think we've had a match. This is probably one of the instances where the show is actually really good in Saudi. Um, So we had in 2018, early 2018, WWE began a 10 year partnership with the Ministry of Sport in support of Saudi Vision 2030, Saudi Arabia's social and economic reform program. The 2023 United Champions would be the ninth event that the WWE would hold in Saudi Arabia. Under this partnership, so th- like the Saudi shows were notorious for being shitty. Like yeah. that's kind of like it's a, almost like a trope. You know, Sean came out of retirement for a Saudi Arabia show. Saudi Arabia show, and it's probably the worst match ever. It's up there with Hogan Warrior Halloween Havoc. Bad.
1: <laughs> Kane's mask comes off. Triple H tears his peck. The Undertaker misses a moonsault. Is just not in the best of Undertaker shape. Uh, Goldberg almost kills The Undertaker at one of them, uh, spiking him on his head because he notoriously, like, hits his head on the fucking ring post and gets concussed. Um, Titus O'Neil almost killed himself. (laughs) Titus World Slide was born over there. Um, there's always something bad that happens at Saudi shows, and this
0: may be the only one that's rewatchable and enjoyable from start to finish. Did uh, didn't Seth Rollins and Bray Wyatt didn't the title change between them at a Saudi show? I believe you are and correct, then sir. Goldberg defeated Bray Wyatt at a Saudi show for the title, the Universal title.
1: Yeah, he did because the other one Goldberg wins. He beats uh, Kevin Owens at Fastlane in like twenty seconds. So the Saudi show was like pretty much, we're going to bring all the legends out of retirement, put them in a match, uh, because that's what these, you know, what Saudi wanted. They wanted big stars over there. So they did it, but it's like,
0: meh. Yeah. A lot of times it didn't work.
1: It's a big yeah. day day for the boys though.
0: Yeah. Like I said, breaking it down, this is really, um, one of the better shows. And I, I will kind of talk about it a little bit too. Um, about 2023 and WWE pay-per-views because they've been on a fucking roll. Like, they've been good. Every show has been really fucking good, but we'll talk about that. Here's the matches that we got. Of course, the opening match is Seth freaking Rollins versus AJ Styles to crown the new world heavyweight champion. Trish Stratus would defeat Becky Lynch. Gunther defeated Mustafa Ali to retain the WWE Intercontinental Championship. Asuka defeated Bianca Belair to win the Women's Championship. This ended Bianca's long reign. It was 300 and something days. It might have been close to 400. It was very, very close to that. She lost the title then. Uh, Rhea Ripley defeated Natalia to retain the SmackDown Women's Championship in a minute and 10 seconds. Yeah, kind of kind
1: of pointless, really. Um, going back to that Bianca loss, though, I think everybody was ready for that at that
0: point. I know we were yeah we were we were so ready is it, it ran its course which i'm glad they got it off her i'd rather have oscar with the championship brock lesnar would defeat cody rhodes by technical submission he passed out so this is the this was the second match of their feud um so we're about to get the the final one in this uh coming up at the uh, summer. This Saturday, at the SummerSlam, um, as Bret hart would say SummerSlam. and then the main event was kevin owens and sammy Zayn. Uh, defeating the Bloodline to retain the tag titles after the Usos turned on Roman Reigns. And people were giving shit about Roman not
1: defending their belt, and then no one said a word after the way that angle turned out at the end. Like, it was pure gold. Like, Bloodline storylines, pure gold anyway, but, like, they were like, oh, this sucks, Roman's not defending his belt, they're just trying to get him to a thousand days, and then they give shit after the way the show ended.
0: This this show, and then the following show, where the um, Usos and Roman and Solo, uh, they had a great tag match, too. And uh, it was the mm-hmm. first time Roman's been pinned in, what? Just like Baron Corbin. Four years? Almost like three and a half years? I think it's like December of 2019 or something, that's not to say. Yeah. So, it, it's that's crazy. Wild. So... I mean, people can say what they will about that. That storyline, to me, it, it, it had wills. I mean, is uh, can you argue that Sami Zayn and uh, Edge and Drew McIntyre and Cody Rhodes all should have dethroned Roman? Absolutely. I think it it, it doesn't – at this point, the bloodline storyline doesn't need the title belt. The title belt secondary compared to the feud. Yeah. And I and I can I can get
1: behind that cuz Drew McIntyre at was it Clash of the Castle I thought they were gonna should pull have pulled the trigger there. I thought he they should were have pulled the trigger there. And then Mania like people could give it shit that he didn't win, but that should have been Cody's moment. I still believe that they should have pulled the trigger on that. Even though I have enjoyed him and Brock Lesnar, like I I just feel like that was Cody's moment. They built it. They built it. They built it. And then I just don't see how you can get him that high again to win the belt. Um, They won the rumble. He came back off the injury. Like, it's, I guess maybe it's just the trope of, oh, the guy comes back, wins the rumble, wins the belt at Mania. They're trying to break it. I don't know. Maybe they're trying to keep us guessing, but they definitely have, and they've definitely kept everybody's interest with that storyline. Man, people can give it shit all they want, but Bloodline draws ratings and money, man. You can look at SmackDown ratings every fucking week, and they outdraw all of AEW shows combined. So you can't really say that that storyline's not working in some way.
0: Yeah, I completely agree. Before we get rolling into this match, guys, we're gonna take a quick commercial break and we'll be right back with you.
3: Next Generation Wrestling is an independent wrestling organization that runs professional wrestling shows in East Tennessee. We have been running shows since 2014 and have featured talented independent wrestlers from all over the world with our shows being featured primarily on High Spots TV. Follow us on all social media platforms at NextGenTN to find out about upcoming shows. Hello, Wrestling Recommendations listeners. My name is Ryan, one half of the Wrestling Purists podcast, alongside my tag team partner and best friend, Jeff. We are the Wrestling Purists, two guys who share a love, for the sport of professional wrestling and have been podcasting since 2020. Our flagship series, The Retro Review, is where we take a show from the past, bring it to the present, and cover it through the lens of a wrestling purist. We also have Pure Talk, an interview series where we welcome talent to the pod to talk all things professional wrestling. We can't talk about our pod and not mention The Shoot a series where we get together with our good friends, Eddie and Travis, from right here at Wrestling Recommendations and shoot on whatever needs to be shot on. You can listen to us on Apple, Spotify, and anywhere podcasts are available. Be sure to follow us on Twitter, TikTok, and all social media outlets at WPPod1. All direct links and more are available at our website, linktree.com slash WPPod1. Come give us a listen as we give a pure take on professional wrestling. And we are back, guys. If you guys want to
0: watch along this match with us, you can go to your Peacock app. You can search Night of Champions Season 9 Episode 2 because Episode 1 was the pre-show. I don't understand why they did that when I first got on there. I like, this is confusing. It didn't make much sense. But where we're gonna start? We're gonna start twelve minutes and two seconds into this match. The bell had just rang. Both men are out, uh, out there, and uh, ready to ro- uh, go. So, Travis, are you ready, my friend? Let's do it. All right, guys. If you want to watch along with us, you can go ahead and watch along. We're gonna start this match in three, two, one. Play. Dun 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 dun. dun.
1: And this is when WWE starts mentioning the referee's name again. They mentioned this guy's name. I think it was, it was Brian Chan. And I'm like, what? I forgot they started mentioning ref, ref's names again.
0: Hey, we're, we're getting John Cone is getting his own uh, his own action figure. That's figure. pretty cool, too. Also, got to give a shout-out to
1: Seth Rollins, Rollins' entrance gear here. That cheetah ruffle thing he came down
0: in. like, Oh, I was, was like, badass.
1: I was like, only certain people could pull this off, and he's fucking one of them.
0: Like, a look at fan. this. You're going to tell me that's only 13,000 fans. It's just wild to me.
1: It's is, It is. wild to me, too, man. I just think there's more. I mean, maybe there's not, but I just feel like there is. The way they've got it lit and everything, it looks tremendous. Also,
0: fans so, really love Seth Rollins' interest. So. Oh, dude, he's so over. He's so over. Uh, as the match started, they said on commentary that this is the first time AJ Styles has had a world title match since 2019's Money in the Bank. That match was against Seth Rollins for the Universal Championship, and it's on our list. And to me, that is wild because you just think of AJ being in the main event all the time, and
1: he he really is, but he's another guy that doesn't really need a belt. Like, AJ's going to put on a great match anywhere. Seth Rollins with his gold fingernails there, guys. I
0: saw that. I was just about to comment on that too. It was very noticeable. You could see it uh aj just coming back from an injury aj suffered an ankle injury on a a live event uh i think it was in december so he missed Mm -hmm. pretty much all of mania season he missed the rumble uh and it kind of left the oc hanging out to dry because they were starting to get some traction there with judgment day and they kind of you know it just kind of faded because of, of the injury i mean they couldn't really do a whole lot without aj being there he's the leader and the crazy thing is, I wonder what their main, they would have had a
1: six man tag or something at Mania, OC versus the Judgment Day. That's the way it was leading, or I felt that was the way it was leading. But um, AJ came back looking in great shape. Nice, cool beard. He had a cool beard to go with his mom haircut. But uh, they talk about how that's the most time he's ever missed in his career was for that angle, ankle entry, which to me is wild thinking about the style he used to have in TNA.
0: Oh, dude, definitely. Just the he had that careless, you know, throw your throw your caution to the wind kind of move set. very and... flop, <laughs> just throw yourself over the top rope. Ooh, oh, I love that move. I, I, he, I love using that move in two K twenty three. It's a, it's just these guys
1: like they once they get going, man. Like it, they just they're just good, and they they do make AJ seem old on commentary in this match though, because they're like. Uh, Seth Rollins grew up uh, idolizing AJ Styles, wanting to be just like him. And I'm like, AJ's not that old, man. <laughs> it just no. makes him seem like he's so much older than he is. But he's he's only, what, maybe seven, eight years older than Rollins? In I would actuality. say so. Yeah. But you got to think, AJ started super young and was in the main event in TNA from pretty much o2 onward. So he's been a main guy. So a lot of these guys did. Pattern themselves after AJ. Well, not to
0: mention all the Ring of Honor shit as well. Oh, yeah.
1: And then, like, you got to thank Seth Rollins to a lot of people. They don't even know about his ROH stuff. So he's been in the business a lot longer than people realize, too.
0: Yeah, I know. I When I started doing my research, because I originally I told Travis I wanted to start pretty much at AJ Styles' WWE debut. But there's so much meat on that bone, and there's so many matches that these guys have before this match, not just with each other, just in general, that I wanted look to look say the that. Screens, dude, it's cool. It looks cool, man. Like it's just people give them crap for taking the Saudi
1: money. I understand, but if it's part of an initiative to you know create a better Saudi Arabia and stuff, why wouldn't WWE do that? And like the production values here have been great. Uh, they can't say that the production on these shows has been terrible.
0: Oh yeah, I agree. The, the whole idea of Sami Zayn being there too and the pop and reaction he got was huge. Him and Kevin both, but Sami was over. You got to think how
1: Great far spot. they've come, how far they've come. I love that love that they're just using the ring to your advantage there. Um, but like you got to think about how far they've come on these Saudi shows. In the first one, they didn't have any women. Sami Zayn wasn't really allowed to be there. There was you know wrestlers refusing to go like Daniel Bryan. Um, different stuff and now you have multiple women's matches on a show people of different ethnicities and backgrounds are now like welcome there and I don't know how much that is political stuff over there I'm I'm not into that stuff but just on a WWE scale of how much they've changed as these shows have progressed on is a ton they've done a ton of different things they had three women's matches on this show on this show that's unheard Mm -hmm. of
0: they it did. It, 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 like I said, overall, this show is really good. I mean, I highly recommend. It. If you've never watched the show, go out of your way to watch it. It's it. This from top to bottom is pretty damn good. Um, during this time, though, the reason Seth Rollins and Becky are first and second on this show is because Seth was filming Captain America: Brave New World. Um, mm-hmm. He was actually playing. He's playing King Cobra, a character character from Marvel who gets involved with the Serpent Society. So. Right after he got done with his match, he got on the plane and left and had to be back and film. Mm-hmm. Great suplex right there.
1: Great, great suplex and made it look like it. I mean, it hurt, but, you know, they took care of each other there. Could have been a lot, a lot less, uh, Ooh. Yeah, helping your fellow man there. Uh, but yeah, that's a lot. A lot of people thought AJ was going to win this match because he was filming the movie. Like they were like, oh, no, the, Seth's filming the movie. There's no way they're going to put the belt on him. And spoiler alert, he wins the match, but it's just, it's just, it's just crazy to think, man, that, that um, he, he flew all the way around the world for this, for this opportunity. And then flies back for his movie like that speaks how much he loves WWE. Oh yeah. Cause I he, agree. in the promos leading up this match, he is trying to put up over this world heavyweight title as a big, huge deal like this is going to be the workhorse champion. If I win it, I'm going to be on wrestle, You know, Monday night every every week with this title showing you why I'm a champion. And people were giving him shit for that. But man, you got to—he's got to believe that. If he even if it is a consolation prize, he, he's got to be like I, I'm one of the best in the world. I'm going to make this title mean something.
0: Yeah, yeah, I agree with that. So speaking of the title belt, what was your the like, initial thoughts to what you think of the title belt now? I really
1: – a lot of people hated this belt more than I did. I didn't mind the belt. It's just, to me, the first, my first thought was the Cruiserweight title because the Cruiserweight title had that big WWE in the globe in the middle of it, and it really looked like they took the belt from, like, 78, 79, like the one Billy Graham had, Bruno had, and just, just plugged that in the middle of it and, it like, exploded out. But then, like, they talk about on commentary, like, the title has – a crown for Bruno San Martino, the McMahon family crest, the WWE logo. Like, it has different aspects of the title to show the history and the lineage of the belt, which you didn't see that right off the bat. Like, they had to tell
0: you about that. But I didn't mind the belt. I just thought it was cool. I thought it was cool. The lighting that they use, I mean, in the ring, like, I mean, look at it right here. You see it. Um... The lighting that was in the ring, you couldn't really see the belt well. And then they put the replica belt up and you could actually see it. I was like, oh, I actually like that. At first, I was like, what the hell is this thing? But when they showed, you know, they showed that it went up for sale and I could actually see what it looks like, um, mm-hmm. I liked it. It's grown on me quite a bit. I really enjoy it. Uh, I think it has a lot of the, um, uh, you can tell it has a Big lot. Old- yeah, the the big gold's a very big inspiration for it. It looks cool. Oh, buckle bombing! I watch those. Oh lord. Yeah, ask Sting about that. Finn Balor. Ugh. Finn Balor,
3: yeah,
1: which is still a part of their storyline now. Love that frog splash there.
0: Yeah, he has one of the best frog splashes out there. I, him and uh, um, Hiroshi Tanahashi might have to battle it out one time. That'd be oh, that'd be a great match. Dude, and just look at these
1: fans. Like they are into this match. They they keep taking a lot of crowd shots here and it's because these people are into this shit. Like they don't get
0: oh, yeah. WWE but twice a well, year, so like why Seth, not be into it? Seth has done a great job of getting himself over and it's the simple things are what's gotten them, you know, gotten him over. That looks fucking cool. That's a cool visual, man. I mean, they they do a great job here of making it look great. Um We got to think his
1: heel heel tendencies is what got
0: him over. Yeah. Well, you know how it is. If you're a real good heel, you get over as a babyface because people Uh like a good heel. Oh, love that. Backbreaker, neckbreaker. Do you think WWE has truly used AJ to his most potential? Nah, maybe not so much in recent years. Like, I
1: feel like his first, right up through the Boneyard match with The Undertaker. He was used tremendously well, um, even even went through his you know matches with Seth Rollins and stuff for the belt. But in the like the last couple of years, I feel like they've kind of slowed down on him a little bit, and maybe that's just to prevent injuries and stuff. I don't know. Maybe it's to help with the OC and stuff. But him and o- Omos and stuff, I didn't care much for. But I get it. They were trying to get give o- Omos the AJ rub, um, but they 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 definitely could have done better by AJ the last. I'd say a year and a half, and I feel like they're doing better by him now that Triple H is kind of fronting the ship than it was prior to that.
0: Yeah, I, I feel like they, they, they threw him in the mid-card because they didn't have anybody for the mid-card, and they already the main event was already kind of taken up with Roman, because uh, as far as I know, AJ Styles has not challenged Roman Reigns for the title.
1: Well, and the other thing is is you can plug and play AJ anywhere. Oh, and yeah. that's, the de- that's the detriment to being as good as he is. He can work anywhere and make it believable and make it work. But I, I believe you're correct. I don't think he's challenged uh, um, Roman for the belt. So that would be a good feud. If, but right now you're in the bloodline feud, so it's it's kind of hard to plug him in
0: there, which him and Karrion and Cross have a pretty decent feud going on right now on SmackDown. Yeah. Yeah, man, this about him with this this reverse suplex this move is scary as hell to see. And we've been talking, but this match, these guys are very fluent with each other, very fluid. There's not a whole lot of flubs. Uh, I really think it's 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 pretty awesome to sit here and watch. Well, um, well, but I want to I want to th- ask you. Th- Go ahead. I was going to say it's just you could tell the level of trust between these guys with well, oh, absolutely
1: with what they're doing. Like this this uh, reverse suplex right here is just. Thing of beauty, and it's scary as hell watching them set it up. <laughs> it's just like, oh my god, what could go wrong? But Ooh. they nail it, and then he floats right over just
0: tremendous curtain call boom, one, two, kick out. Travis, .net users, what do you think they rated this match out of 10? Uh, as finicky as they
1: are, I'm gonna go eight.
0: 7.58 out of 10. I figured.
1: Uh, there's a lot of Marky marks that don't personally like Seth Rollins or this match, probably for it's not got their favorite in it or something. I don't know, but I would rate it higher than 7.5. Yeah, you know,
0: the, the consensus I, I read just going through, uh, a lot of people say that this match is a good match, but not a great match. And I mean, it, it's kind of hard. I mean, I feel like we've got a lot of good wrestling overall in 2023. Mm-hmm. Like, it's been a very good resurgence of just good matches and stuff like that. There's a lot of matches on our list right now from 2023. Um, and a lot of people were complaining, you know, that this they felt like this was a, consoli- a consolidation prize. So that's kind of where some people kind of rate, rated this lower because they were kind of biased on that. But I want to talk about our Linae's mounting Mark of the Week. His name is Arkham Outlaw 10. He rated this match a 1 out of 10, Travis. Yeah,
1: he's uh, definitely not watching the match. He's probably got some other kind of feelings, I'd say, for it. Like, if you take out the consolation prize of it, which people should, it should just be the match and what's into this match and, you know, what the match makes you feel. Like, I don't feel like this being a consolation prize for the world title is... Whatever it is. Like, I mean, you watch this match, you can't tell me it's a great match. It's not
0: a great match. No, I agree. Oh, goddamn. Brainbuster. Jesus. One out of heart 10. Of that brainbuster. Brain one out of 10. So, <laughs> Arkham <laughs> Outlaw 10 writes flat, boring by the numbers and filled with a ton of Rollins' worst main event instincts. No idea what's happened to him over uh, in the ring over the last couple of years. His selling was abysmal his physicality was lackluster and his storytelling abilities have diminished significantly significantly since the end of the thunderdome this was a match where he took an apron bump on the head we just saw shrugged it off a minute later and hit a suicide dive before immediately pivoting into selling the leg which he did with little convincing and never succeeded at creating jeopardy with The finish was embarrassing, too, as it pretended to involve the leg story that Rollins ignored in the previous two minutes to all of his cool leg-based offense, but with no consequence and anguish for Seth since he easily won after the stumbling block of the failed stomp. Surely it would have been more dramatically satisfying if he didn't win immediately afterwards. Lots of the action... Was just counters and AJ seemed like he was sleepwalking through the beats. Huge failure for introducing the significant new title, especially as it was cast off in the opener in, a, in favor of a tag team match and a non title rematch. This guy doesn't understand working like
1: Jesus Christ. The whole time on commentary, they talk about how Seth Rollins is a student of the game. He has studied AJ since he was a fucking teenager before he got into wrestling and pattered himself after it, why would it not be a match of counters and, and counter moves? If you know your person that you're wrestling that good, why would there not be counters? Like, we're not going spot for spot for spot for spot. We're not hitting fucking Canadian Destroyers on light tubes and shit here. It's a fucking match for a world title where the guys have studied each other. It's literally in the fucking commentary. They talk about it multiple times. And, yeah, he took the damn apron bump. He literally got in, sold that. AJ hit him with another move to put him in the ring. He countered AJ, jumping for the phenomenal forearm, sold again, hit the ropes, dived through, tweaked the knee. And then he sold on the fucking floor out there. How can he tell you that the selling isn't good in this match? It makes no sense, whatever what he's saying there. And for it to be an opener... Does this guy not realize that if you're not the main event, the opener is what everybody else wants to set the tone for the fucking show? Like, I don't even know who this guy is, but he does not know anything about wrestling. It does not seem like, I mean,
0: look, they did a great job. Look at that, of him like tweaking the knee and he immediately starts selling it. So here, I, here's my issue. Here's my issue with this is that we, I read these people's comments. And it makes me realize like people overanalyze everything in a wrestling match. Why can you not just watch two dudes fucking perform? I don't you understand. I enjoy it. Like I if don't you
1: get, sit down, you get and it. just if you just listen to Michael Cole and Corey Graves on commentary, they tell you the story of the knee that he's prior hurt the knee before. It's a weak spot in his arsenal. He's watched AJ Styles, he's student of the game. He... He knows AJ's moveset because he studied him so much. Like, they've had matches before, guy. Like, come on, man. Like, and to say that Seth Rollins has gone downhill since the Thunderdome, like, there's a reason there's not many Thunderdome matches in our our thing. Like, I don't think of this as a paint-by-numbers match. Like, they're putting it on the line for a belt. They're having a tremendous match. To, to put this belt on the map. Like, he's kicking the fuck out of AJ's face right there. Like, Jesus Christ, man. Like, I, I guess people's, and I guess something else I have to think back and think about is people's wrestling knowledge isn't always, I'm not saying we're the smartest of people, but like, our wrestling knowledge is going to be higher than somebody that's probably 13, 14 years old. And that's probably what some of these people are that are reviewing these matches. They don't know any of that. And we've watched wrestling for almost 30 years. I mean sixty years combined between us, like we know these little things. We've done enough research. We've been smart marks enough to 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 learn this crap. And a lot of people don't. And like they just they won't spot fests. They want death matches. They want a match that's just boom, 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 boom. No story to it. This match has a great story to it. Like he yeah, finally hits the pele it's, there.
0: And intr- how many you times have you seen earlier?
1: AJ Styles hit a, a pedigree? Never. He's pulling out all the stops to win the match, guy. This guy probably likes outlaw fucking mud shows, where like bust light tubes over their asses and shove fucking Legos up their fucking nostrils. I don't fucking know, but it's like he's not cool. watching the same match I am.
0: You'll see AJ Styles is busted open, and it's very similar to what happened to Cody Rhodes at their uh, his match with um, Seth Rollins at WrestleMania, um, where Seth kicked him in the head with those kicks and it busted the, him open and kind of left a knot in his head. It's those fucking
1: rhinestones on those kick pads and shit. I really think that's what it is. But like, and then, but you, didn't you listen to a guy tell you like, there's no story. They're, these guys are paint by numbers going through it. Like, I don't, I don't see it that way. Maybe I'm wrong. Well,
0: this is only like AJ Styles, like fourth or fifth match back from injury too.
1: Yeah. Like, and then for him to say the leg based offense of a, of, of, Fucking Rollins, like, he, he's been down real a, a whole lot since that whole thing. Like, to me, he's been selling this whole time. And, yeah, he crumples on the, the stomp, but then he gets it back. Like, I don't know, man. It's like willing yourself through Ooh. to win the match. Like, that's what I don't get. Like, he sells it right there. He hits a fucking superkick and immediately sells the leg.
0: I, I told Travis last week, uh, I, I don't normally – I don't I don't typically tell Travis anything. Uh, oh, he could see like he's trying to sell it. Mm-hmm. Um I don't typically tell Travis about any of the people or, or cage match stuff because I want it to be a, a surprise from so Travis can have outbursts like he just had. It's gonna go for the calf crusher again. And nope, he reverses it. Oh, let's go ahead and get to this point. I'm sorry, count it's just pedigree. It's just too many counters. Too many counters. Sells the knee. Too many counters, guys. Sorry, too many counters. Here we go. Here we go. He's gonna hit him with the curb. Curb fucking limps into it, Jesus Christ. Il- one, two, three fantastic match. I, I, like I was saying, I, I don't, I don't tell Travis, you know, about this stuff. Um, the guy who rated Owen Hart versus Bret Hart in the cage last week a zero out of 10 also left a review for this match. Uh, Oswald wrote this match nine out of 10. They hit their best moves, and then they added some good false finishers and a good leg injured story. Obviously, the result was really good. If you don't like moves, this is not your cup of tea. He, he rated Owen and Brett 0 out of 10, rated this match 9 out of 10. Explain that.
1: It's just the generation, man. That's all it can be. Like I can appreciate this match just as good as I can that Brett-Owen match. It's two different styles of matches. And that guy obviously just isn't a fan of the Brett Owen thing. I agree with the guy here. I thought they did a great job. I, I would rate it kind of the way he rated it. But, like, I mean, it's, it, that's what it's got to be, man. It's just, like, their style, their preference, and they don't want to learn or like anything else.
0: Yeah. Sounds like a good friend of ours. Yeah. I know. Fuck <laughs> you, Brandon. Uh, I do want to say... Like I was mentioning earlier, this year WWE has been extremely impressive when it comes to their premium live events, but every single show has been good. Hmm.
1: Do, do we have right. a that under this guy understands working guy? Do we have that no. guy this
0: week? <laughs> no, I didn't want to give it. I didn't want to give it to Oswald because fuck him for giving Brett and Owen a zero out of ten. You can't be a Mountie Mark <laughs> and a, a, you understand working. You can't be both. No. Like, I just – I don't understand where that guy – Arkham Outlaw, whatever, man,
1: just I, – I just wish I could be in these people's brains sometime to see what they think is good. The fans standing up tells you, clapping, all you need to know about the match. Like, doesn't matter.
0: Yeah, and if there's a guy who deserved it, Seth Rollins deserved it. He was putting a lot of that workload on his back. He was having good matches night after night. He, he He's one of those guys who just have good matches – People talk about like kind of this era's I can dare I say he he he's this era Shawn Michaels. Well if, if people can say like Jericho
1: he reinvents himself, stuff like that. But look at what Rollins started out as to what he is now. That guy constantly is reinventing, changing with the times, and making his character relevant every week since the Shield. You you, yeah. you can't take that away from him.
0: I agree. I definitely recommend everybody check this match out, and uh, it, it, it was pretty good. I enjoyed it. Uh, I think that, you know, to me, 7.58 out of 10 is kind of low. Um, mm-hmm. But like I said, man, I definitely recommend everybody check this match out. I agree. Great match. Like, feels it was me,
1: I would say probably – I would probably say 9 out of 10. Like, I feel like they caught it pr- – Maybe could have picked it up a little bit more at the end, um, sent more, a little bit more sense of urgency. But, like, I, I like the story of the counters. I like the story of the, the knee. I like, you know, it all made sense in the end. Like, would I like to see them catch another gear, maybe even have two or three more minutes? Yeah. But to me, 9 out of 10, it doesn't get a whole lot better than what they did. Like, I mean, it's not perfect. It's not the best match of ever. But I, I would give it a solid 9 out of 10.
0: Yeah, I would give it about a, like an eight, eight and a half out of 10. I think just because I've, I feel the same thing, like you were just saying. It could have gone into a whole nother gear um, and seen, you know, it's hard too because these guys, it's a tournament. They're not really coming off like a story. Like the story is just the tournament and the crowning of the champion. Mm-hmm. There's not more, if it was more of a rivalry between the two guys and it led to this match for the title, I think I would have given it more but with it being kind of a one-off between these guys, because these guys have only worked each other a handful of times together. Um, I, I still would say at least an eight and a half out of 10.
1: I, there is one thing I wish they would have done. I know Triple H came in and gave Seth Rollins the belt and, you know, strapping it around it. I would have liked to have seen that sign of respect between AJ and Rollins for just kind of doing that. Like AJ didn't really get his moment for, you know, putting on a great match there. They just kind of walk him out with the ref. It'd be cool for, them to kind of acknowledge, hey, look what we just did. We had a fucking tremendous match, kind of thing. So, that's the only drawback to the after the match. That I wish AJ would have got that little moment with Seth. Yeah, I man. agree.
0: I agree with that as well. Um, I actually reached out to our good buddy Eric because Eric was very insistent on us adding adding this match to our list. And I let him kind of. I said, Eric, uh, tell me why you love you like Seth Rollins so much and why you like this match. So this is exactly what Eric sent me i was going to have him do a voice message eric has been going through some like really bad back injury back pain so he was at like the emergency room till like six in the morning the other night so i think when you were getting into town i think he was just getting home from the emergency room
1: it, it's because of the size of his massive balls like they just drag his back down so that's why he,
0: has he, wore, a, he wore a kilt with us we went we went out him myself and then our buddy skip went out to uh uh, good old McKay's and he wore his kilt and uh, all the bitches were crawling all over his uh, balls, hitting the floor in his kilt. So uh, here's what he, well, had to, here's what he at. had to say. Yeah. Here's what he had to say. He is a visionary. He is a revolutionary. He is Seth freaking Rollins. He says the boys here at wrestling recommendations have asked me to run in with a little essay on why I'm a Seth Rollins mark. From the early days of NXT and becoming the first NXT champion all the way to becoming the new WWE World Heavyweight Champion this year, Seth has proven time and time again that he can and will always rise to the occasion. But what else can you expect from the architect of the most dominant faction in the modern era? That's the shield if you've been living under a rock. Then shedding the dead weight that was Ambrose and Roman, Seth continued his rise to glory and the rest is history. He, he has constantly evolved and improved himself, and now he's in the prime of his career outshining everyone else. Now on to this great match, not to take away from AJ Styles, who, in my opinion, is one of the best, uh, best to ever do it. This match was at Night of Champions and was always going to be Seth Rollins getting the win. Seth freaking Rollins is the HBK of this generation, and I'll die on that hill. Thanks for letting me ramble for a minute, boys. Suck it, Travis. <laughs>
1: <laughs> yeah he, well he's like seth rollins d enough for all of us so um you know fuck you eric i have to kind of agree with you there um I, like i said earlier man he he has reinvented himself from that rocker punk guy from nxt through the shield through the the uh dang it what is the authority all the way through that the redesign rebuild reclaim uh to what we have now you know so I gotta agree with Eric, man. I, he is probably this generation's Shawn Michaels, and that's heavy praise, man. Like, the, if if anybody could compare to him and, and wrestle anybody, any style, anywhere, anytime, it, I believe it's, it is Seth Rollins. Like, I, I I will commend Eric for that. Like, he he's picked a good man to be his favorite wrestler, and um, you know I, I can't hate him for that. I even through it. Even through Tyler Black, even through FCW, the guy has a, it, it continuously evolved and made himself important to any wrestling promotion he's been a part of.
0: Yeah, they was they called a five tool player. Seth Rollins is that five tool player. Mm-hmm. You can put him in there with anybody. Blue chip out of him. Blue chipper. That, that kid's Blue gonna chipper. Be a, He's gonna be a star one day, Vince. He's gonna be the man right there. He's gonna be the man. was right. But uh, <laughs> Seth Rollins, you can put him in there with anybody. The man can cut a promo. He can talk. Um, he, you can, you know, he has one of the most athletic styles. He's a very versatile wrestler. He can do a lot of things, um, and he does something that a lot of people can't really convey. He can display emotion on his face while he's in the ring. And I think that's a big part of what some people don't get about wrestling. And that goes back to Sean because Sean may have been a prick in real life, but when he's in the ring, you can tell when he's grimacing that it looks like he's in pain and it looks great. So Seth kind of falls in that same category. I I almost would argue that Seth Rollins is better on the mic than Mm Sean. And he's kind of the evolution of what Sean was into what, 2023, Sean would be, which is Seth Rollins.
1: Well, and Seth Rollins is also a guy that doesn't shy away from carrying the ball. Like he wants the ball. He wanted the ball in NXT. He wanted the ball with this title. He wanted the ball in the Authority. Like he wants it. Like, and he doesn't shy away from it. And if he doesn't get it, then he wants to know why he's not the guy getting it. And and that would be a guy I'd want on my team. Like. Even in, you know, you got AEW, it's like MJF, like he wants the ball, like he wants to be the guy, he wants to be the centerpiece because he believes he's that damn good to do it. And that's as much as I'm going to put over AEW on this podcast, Eric, so fuck (laughs) you. Uh, But like, those type of guys are the guys you want on your team because they want it. They want to make the company better. They want it to be them to be responsible for elevating these guys around And he had a tremendous dance partner with AJ Styles. Like that guy can go with anybody too. Like he 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 can work in any spot on the card. He can do whatever you need him to do. And he's just a, he's another five tool player, man. He may be on the backside of his career, but I would put AJ Styles in my damn top five on any any wrestling promotion I try to start. Because the guy's that damn good.
0: I agree. The aftermath, Travis, which there's not much because this is only a couple months ago. So Seth Rollins would come out on the following nights from Monday Night Raw and begin a feud with Finn Balor. They would face off one another at Money in the Bank, and they will have their next battle this Saturday night at SummerSlam, playing off their feud from 2016 when Seth injured Finn at SummerSlam that year.
1: Yep. It'd be a fitting in for Finn Balor to get get the title back at SummerSlam. Same event. And then Damian Priest cash in and win the title off him. Yep. And I feel like that's going to happen. So I just think that uh, people people gave shit to the Judgment Day for so long. But now everyone is on the Judgment Day's dick because they're the hottest thing in wrestling besides the bloodline. They're on every show. They're, they literally are taking over. WWE because they're on SmackDown, they're on Raw, yeah. they're on NXT. So,
0: I'm gonna be that weird guy. I would totally love for uh Rhea Ripley to choke me until like <laughs> I'm like barely conscious and then let go and I come back <laughs> to you and then choke me again. I, I mean, I'm not really into that kind of thing, I've never really had a whole lot of that stuff happen to me, but she could totally do it and I'd be co- like totally cool with it. But I agree, the judgment day. Have, have boosted even dominic man him dominic and Rhea together it's it's fucking great like they they have very good chemistry on screen and a lot and, of that that a lot of that falls on on ria is the one that's kind of carrying that so kudos to her and dominic is one of the most hated guys in wrestling
1: and he's only been in the business a few years and to me he's already a better heel than his dad ever was and his dad has been in the business for 30 years or more so that that's even crazy to think too that dominic has got more heat in just his little time than ray mysterio has in his
0: entire entire well, career we all know his father's dead his father was eddie guerrero oh. so get your head out of your ass drive <laughs> that's, that's true he got his he got his real hill bloodline from his dad, eddie guerrero. his uncle chavo wherever he Fuck may chavo. be Fuck chavo, <laughs> Uh, but yeah, I'm really excited to see the conclusion of that feud. And the um, Judgment Day's been fun. It's been fun to watch them. And Seth Rollins, you know, of course, them having barbs back and forth on the mic's been fun. AJ has been re- relatively quiet, honestly. He's had a, he's had a feud with Karrion and Cross and Scarlett um, involving um, Mitchum. involving uh, Michin Mia, Mia Yim popping up on there and um, and, and having matches on SmackDown. So uh, age, I think they're kind of trying to take it easy on him just because we, they know he just came back from injury. So, um, but that's where we're at right now. So this Saturday, a, we could see Seth Rollins lose the title to Finn Balor or Damian priest catching. Uh, it's hard to tell. And it's going to be fun to see where we go from there. A lot of stuff going on with uh, Cody Rhodes. I saw the music video that they put out with Cody Rhodes and Brock got me hyped to watch their match, which they're saying that's going to be the main event of the show from what I was, was seeing
1: and I don't see any other way besides Cody winning. And like, if he doesn't win, then where does he well, go from there? So
0: what what happens at the end of this? He he wins and beats Brock, but does someone come out and attack him and roll right into a new feud?
1: Man, it's, it, it, it could be Bray Wyatt. Bray Wyatt could come out there and and take him because wasn't Cody Rhodes, Husky Harris,
0: is fucking
1: pro on NXT back in the day? Oh my god.
0: You're welcome. Let's let's polish this episode off, Travis. So uh, you kind of gave your thoughts on this match. You gave it a nine out of ten. I give it an eight point five out of ten. I think we, should, you know, definitely seek this out. Watch it. Watch the entire show. The entire show is pretty damn good. Don't
1: listen to the outlaw freaking Arkham, Arkham outlaw, outlaw dude. Like, it's, sit down, watch the match, listen to the commentary, watch the action. It's definitely not a one out of ten or a zero out of ten. In or whatever, so and uh, Oswald Cobblepot, you know, you and your stupid opinion last week doesn't make up for you giving this match a high rating this week. It just proves to me that you
0: don't understand working. I don't understand working,
1: Oswald.
0: So we're onto my favorite part of the show, Travis, where we get to do the Will of Destiny. If you guys are new and you haven't listened to uh, our podcast before, this is how we decide which matches covered next week what we do is we have an ongoing list of now it's still 300 matches have matches that are from, you know, 1977 till, you know, just like this match. We just covered 2023. Uh, and it features matches from the WWWF WCW WWF WWE ring of honor, AEW NXT, uh, new Japan pro wrestling, UWF Jim Crockett promotions, even having stuff with, uh, NGW, the show I'm involved with here in Tennessee, there's some bangers there. They're all on our list. So what we do is we compile this list. We put it into a randomizer, the will of names, the will of destiny, and we shuffle it and spin it. Whatever it lands on, that's the match we cover next week. So it's completely legit. It's a shoot, I swear to God. I tell people when I explain to them that we go... When I explain to people at my new job, what I do for a podcast, and they're like, oh, so you plan your episodes in advance? I say no. We don't know what match we're covering until the end of the one we we record that night. They go, wasn't well, that hard? I said, well, it's not easy because you have to try to you know, come up with an idea and make it kind of stick. So uh, we just added the the match with Ila Dragunov and Carmelo Hayes. Uh, shout out to Brandon suggesting a match. Holy shit. Brandon put AEW over what, oh, what, what match? What was that? You didn't see it?
1: No, I didn't. I must have missed it. Well, oh, I was, man, I'm going gonna,
0: I'm I'm gonna to read the exact message that Brandon sent to our group. He goes, uh, I can't believe I'm saying this, but I have an AEW match to add to your list. FTR versus Jay White and Juice Robinson, two out of three oh. falls. I just watched it on uh, Solid Monster Sounds Off Facebook group, and I'm not going to lie, it may be one of the best tag team matches I've ever seen.
1: Yeah. I, I figured he would like that match. It we seems- told him he would like it. Remember, yeah. we said yeah. that. So yeah, we 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 already had it on the list. But like, thanks, Brandon, for your AEW suggestion. Um, I still he's like think, he's like fuck AEW. <laughs> I still think he hates AEW. He just really loves FTR. That's that's the thing. He he loves FTR,
0: no matter oh, yeah. where they are. So and we do too. So
1: yeah.
0: So Travis, what do you think we're gonna get this week? I'm gonna go
1: AEW. I really want to talk about an AEW match on here, so uh, Scott will stop giving me shit. And uh, I can put over AEW, as Eric
0: tells me, every week before we do the podcast. He did do it this week as well. Um, I'm going to suggest Ruthless Aggression Raw. Around the Raw shit. Raw. All right, let's spin it, man. We're going to spin the wheel. Let's make a deal. Spin the wheel. Make the deal. Spin the wheel. Make the deal. Spin the wheel. Make the deal. Spin the wheel, make the deal. Let's stop and Travis what are we gonna get oh we finally got some WCW? Uh, yes no <laughs> G- like it, nwa crockett wcw okay. and okay. it's it's a great match and it's a star making match okay what do you think it is
1: is it and
0: fire it's Sting and Flair from Clash of the Champions <laughs> One, baby. Sting and Flair. I was about to say that.
1: That's like the one that everyone talks about being a star-making match from NWA. So had to jump on that that train. I, I'm excited to cover that. Like I know Jeff over at the Wrestling Purist hates Sting, but he, he I think he can even say that Ric Flair put Sting on the map here. I mean Brandon loves Ric Flair. Brandon loves the NWA. He loves this match. He was a huge Sting fan. He even says. He had sting posters all over his wall as an adolescent. Um, and I believe him because, uh, Brandon doesn't really lie about his loves in professional wrestling or really anything in life. So, um, if we've learned anything about that. He, 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 he loves what he loves and hates what he hates. So I give Brandon that. Um, but yeah, man, excited to cover that. It's the first Clash of Champions, which is there's a backstory to the Clash of Champions, too. So I'm excited to talk it, about that. It's, it's, it's all during, um, You know, the Jim Crockett, Vince McMahon uh, war that is less and less talked about because it's getting further and further away, and uh, the generation that grew up, you know, watching it doesn't really talk about it because you have the Monday Night Wars. Now you have AEW and and WWE, so, you know, it'd be fun to, to touch on that, talk about it, and I believe the Wrestling Purists just... No, I don't know if they just covered... I think they covered Clash of Champions, too, so they covered Miami Mayhem, so we're covering... The first clash of champions.
0: Dude, I'm I'm stoked. I'd love that we're gonna have uh Flair on here. Is this Flair's first match on the pod? Uh
1: I don't think it is, but it could be.
0: I thought we covered
1: another a different Flair match, but
0: Flair was out there with Sean and Triple H, but I don't think we have a match in any Flair matches on the pod yet. Well, this could be a poppin' a cherry moment for Rick Flair then.
1: No Steve's any-
0: been on here a couple. I, I gotta I gotta I gotta look now because it's 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 gonna bug the hell out of me. Um
1: sting, we did TNA Sting we've done um
0: Vader and Sting. Vader and Sting Um I I'm not seeing any flair, man. That that's wild
1: to me, but like it also it just tells you the amount of sheer amount of matches we have on this
0: this thing, man. I'm, we, I'm really excited. It. It'll be fun to talk about Flair. We've already talked about Sting to that point. So it's going to be fun to kind of talk about, you know, him joining Jim Crockett promotions after, you know, the UWF buyout. Um, and Sting was, you know, getting big teaming with Rich Steiner around that time. And Flair's like, I want to make this guy a star. So it's going to be a lot of uh, fun and old school stuff. It's going to be fun to watch that match. It's a longer match. Um, and the backstory behind Clash of the Champions and WrestleMania is going to be a pretty, a pretty fun story.
1: Pretty fun story. Pretty fun backstory. Two legends of the industry. So, uh, just about Rick Flair is going to give us flowers here on wrestling recommendations.
0: Hell yeah! So, Travis, what you got for me? Uh, not much, man. You know, just selling
1: stuff on the Ebays at TG the Man Twelve. Gotta can actually get some more stuff up now. I got some stuff up before I left, but can add some more things now that I'm back off vacation. Um be sure to check the guys over there at uh the wrestling purist out. We and Daddy are constant constant of contributors over there. We we sit in on some uh, great shows that those guys have We've also shut in on some really shit, shitty shows, but you know, that's part of the fun, talking about good and bad wrestling. So, um, you know, it's always good to talk to those guys and, and uh, be a part of their program. Um, shout out to guys there at bleeding. John Moxley did bleed tonight. He uh, fell on some thumbtacks and his back bled. A little different kind of bleeding, but he still fucking bled. So shout out to those guys doing the Lord's work over there. Um, you know, sh- we talk about Brandon, you know, A from Canada a lot. Shout out to the uh, Ransom of the Black pod- pod- podcast. Sorry, Jesus Christ. Uh, celebrating their six-year anniversary with a retrospective on Carrie. Nice, you know, nice to see those guys chugging along over there. Haven't haven't listened to it yet, so i uh, pretty sure Fat Tony and Brandon make fun of me somewhere along the way. So
0: fuck you, Fat Tony, and fuck you, Brandon. Um, I also heard uh, we, uh, the the two guys over at Wrestling Recommendations maybe having a run in in October. Oh yeah, fucking it's a possibility, man. We won't we won't announce what they're talking about, but just just say if
1: you enjoyed us on Halloween Resurrection, uh, be prepared for our, our next appearance. Um, I think that's the last time I was on rants was uh, Halloween Resur- too. Halloween Resurrection, so uh, best still best Halloween movie out there. Uh, quote me on that. Uh, we'll say that right there, but, um,
0: you're such a piece of
1: shit. You're wrong. (laughs) (laughs) Anybody local to listen to this, be be sure to come check us out at the yard sale this weekend too. forgot exactly where it is, but me, me, Eddie, (laughs) me, Eddie, and Eric will be at a yard sale on Chapman highway somewhere. So if you see four guys in uh, you know, sparkly wrestling tights and tutus, that's us trying to sell stuff. So, well, I hope to see you guys that come out there.
0: Come out. We don't know where it's at. Come we on don't out. know where it's at, but a just rotor. rotor. <laughs> it's, fine. it's fine. Yeah, guys, follow us on uh, all social media platforms at Wrestling Recommendations, uh, Facebook and TikTok at Wrestling Recommendations. I don't know what the fuck it's called now. Is it X? Is it Twitter? What the fuck's it called now? I don't it's, know.
1: it's It's X now. My phone finally updated to X today, and I was like,
0: damn it. We're on there at Wrestling Reckham, R-E-C-O-M-M. And, um, yeah, guys, we appreciate all the support. Uh, NGW, we come back to you in October. Uh, we've not, you know, really announced a whole lot for that, but tickets are still available. Uh, we're going to be in October 8th in Knoxville, Tennessee. We've already announced Dirty Breeze, uh, Dirty Dango, and NGW champion, former Tyler Breeze. So, yeah. Uh, Check us out at nextgentn.net slash tickets or at nextgentn on all social media platforms. I am very exhausted. I've been so tired. I stayed up to like 1 a.m. last night playing Call of Duty with Skip and Eric. And then I had to get up at like, I was up at like 6 something. So I'm like really tired. But I appreciate you guys joining us. Uh, Shout out to our Canadian brethren for getting us to the charts on uh, the Canadian wrestling charts. It's the first time we've got to do that. So that's really cool. And um, those Hart brothers, man, they'll they'll put you into the stratosphere, fucking stick. It's the, the, the uh, Raynu. Uh, fucking Raynu. It it's um, definitely check those. Oh yeah, check those really quick. I was going to tell you this. I didn't even told you this uh, as we polish this off. Uh, we have a new uh, number two match, uh, most downloaded match. So the number one mat- most downloaded match is still the Steiner brothers versus the Miracle Violence Connection. Shawn Michaels versus Triple H and their three stages of hell have took over the number two spot, knocking uh, Nick Bockwinkle and Kurt Henning uh, down to third.
1: And that it's wild for a match that wasn't really looked upon greatly by Cage Match and, you know, people that reviewed it and stuff, but it just it 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 speaks to like the ones that aren't covered as much, I think, as as some of our some of our more downloaded episodes like not a lot of people talk about that match. Not a lot of people talk about Steiner's and Miracle Violence Connection. Now a lot of people talk about Bob Winkle and Kurt Hennig. So, um, but, you know, we keep chugging along, man, and
0: looking forward to covering this Sting and Flair match.
1: Get get that one on up the list, too.
0: Yeah. So, yeah, guys, next week, Clash of the Champions won. And from March of 1988, it's going to be Sting versus the Nature Boy, Ric Flair. Clash of the Champions one. Till next week, I'm Eddie. This is Travis as he's chugging his Red Bull, and we will talk to you next week.